This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. another Macam in the Middle podcast and the first special episode since we have changed the name. As I said a few weeks ago, we will be posting much more content with previews, quizzes and many other types of episodes. But today I am joined by someone who spent over five years at the club between 2014 and 19, making his way through the academy, set up and into the first team. Luke Molyneux is with me. How are you getting on, mate? You doing well? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good. Getting by. As we all are in these days. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I hate to be boring, but it's been going on for 13 months or so now and things still haven't changed. So yeah. how are you finding lockdown? Uh, not too bad. Uh, obviously, it could be a lot better, but obviously playing football helps a lot. So yeah. I've got that routine of going to training every day and obviously with a lot of games. So it's actually not as bad as probably a lot of people. So, mm. yeah. How's how's the whole pandemic affected you as a player? Because obviously last season was affected the most, but yeah, for this season will have been shorter. Just how how's it all been for you? Yeah, obviously the season's been really weird. To be fair, um, see, we've had a lot more games, and the season's been pretty much all over the place. And whether like yeah. not knowing whether the season's going to continue or like what. To be fair, because obviously the league below us obviously got cancelled, null and void. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously we didn't know whether that was going to happen to us especially with how well we were doing so um, and obviously especially with the games as well a lot of the, all the games are being pushed back so yeah. usually at this point in the season we probably would only have about 10 games left or something mm-hmm. probably not even that so to still say that we've got about 18 games left um, yeah. at this point in the season is a lot uh, and obviously yeah. we will get into talking about your time at Sunderland very shortly but you are yeah. currently at Hartlepool yeah. third in the table um, and very similar to League One, League Two in terms of different teams having played more than others but less yeah. than someone else and I always say at this stage it's always difficult to really look at the table and make any assumptions but you must be somewhat pleased with how the season's going so far. Yeah, we've um, been doing really well. Um, I think a lot of people might have been surprised how well we've been doing because I think the previous years uh, we haven't been this high in the table like with the finishers. Obviously, I think last year when the gaffer first came in, um, toward the back end of the season, obviously before coronavirus and stuff that ended the season, we were progressing really well. We were like on form. We were looking mm. towards the playoffs, and obviously the season got cut short, so it killed us a bit. Um, but this season we've been really consistent. We've been getting a lot of good results, and um, yeah, we're right up there. Um, just we've got a big game on Saturday to be fair we're playing Torquay on Saturday who are top of the yeah. league that'll be a massive game for us but um, yeah the team's been performing well and uh, we've got a very good squad this year a lot of different players from last year that we've brought in um, 
but yeah, we didn't re- been doing really well. Yeah, it must be difficult, as you've said. Games are getting pushed back. You're playing a lot more games in a short space of time. It must be a lot harder to recover nowadays. Yeah, it's a lot of um, Saturday, Tuesday games. Um, obviously, we've been quite lucky with the COVID situation. We've um, haven't had too much like stuff. Nothing, not a lot has affected us with the games. Obviously, a lot of other teams have had plenty of games called off. So that's so we've got we've played most of our games. We haven't really yeah. had many called off. Um, but still, there's Saturday, Tuesday every week. There's no. Tuesday where we don't play really um, yeah. so yeah I think the fact with the squad that the squad depth that we've got helps massively as well so he's the gaffer's been rotating it a lot recently mm. between games obviously can't expect players to be playing week in week out 90 minutes giving it everything without feeling a bit in the legs so I think the squad depth has helped a lot with us Um yeah, like I said, we've been handling it really well and getting the results we need. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to your time at Sunderland, and you know, as I said earlier, you've spent many years at the club um, yeah. through the ups and the downs. Yeah. Obviously, many years in the Premier League until things went wrong, really. We find ourselves where we are now. But as a young player coming through the academy, training with the first team, how much did you learn from the senior lads at the club that, you know, in a few years' time, even now, you'll look back on as, as something that's helped you progress? Yeah, obviously, when I was. I think I must have been about seven, around 17, 17 years old, probably 17, 18, when I probably first had my taste of like training with the first team and stuff. Obviously, yeah. when they were in the when they were in the Premier League, um, there was obviously players like Jermaine Defoe, John O'Shea, Wes Brown. Um, yeah. They were obviously big impact on me, especially like John O'Shea and Wes Brown. They were great with like the younger lads. They were always talking to you, like helping you out. And if you ever did get the chance to like train with them, they would always be the ones to come over and talk to you so you weren't left out. And then obviously like to play with, like train with players like Jermaine Defoe was just like, like mental. Like obviously like being a young lad and he's obviously a legend, like the stuff he's done throughout his whole career. Um, To actually just even train with him and watch how he trains and conducts himself is a big thing and you can just see like how well he's done in his career and you can see that like from how how well he's trained how well he trains every day and just how he conducts himself yeah and one thing that people always said about Jermaine for when they trained with him and even now and I think he's he's approaching 40 now I think playing in Scotland but yeah. despite his age he was always one of the fittest people at training yeah like is that is that how you saw it yeah definitely he was by far one of the sharpest players in that team like Considering I'm not sure what age he was when he was at Sunderland, he must have been like thirties. Um, but he could even in training, you could see how sharp he was, and um, he was always every time he got the ball, he knew something was going to happen, and his finishing was just ridiculous. I think everyone yeah. knew that like, you can see that throughout his career, but he would do it day in day out and like in training, and um, he would always do a lot of extra and practice a lot. He would. I yeah. remember because when we used to train, it used to be like me and obviously there was Josh Madger there and Joel. Um, and they would always do a lot of finishing after training. And I know Jermaine Defoe took a big liking to Josh. Yeah. Because they were, they were quite similar players, like with, with the finishing, they were both good finishers with both feet. And I think Madge especially learned a lot from Defoe, to be fair. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, we had a lot of managers in recent years, possibly too many. Um, yeah. Sam Allardyce, David Moyes, Chris Coleman. There was plenty of others during that time. But was there any in particular you enjoyed with working the most? Um, to be fair, the one who probably was the best for me, who seemed to take most of the light to me, was actually Dick Advocat. Yeah. So, he, to be fair, because he used to always bring me up to swim, but I was quite young at this point. I was, I mean, this was when I was like really young. I was about 17, 18. But he used to always call me up to train. And he always used to say, my boy, every time I used to train. <laughs> so, I think he took a bit of a liking to me, but then obviously not long after that. Yeah, obviously got the sack, and it, it it's hard when, especially being a young player, when new managers come in. Yeah. Um, because especially when they first come in, they usually look at the experienced players. They'll look at the squad they have. So as soon as a new manager comes in, they don't usually always call up the younger lads to train. They like mm. to keep the squad they have. Um, but yeah, like even like Sam Allardyce, he used. He was good with the kids as well. Like he gave a lot of debuts out to like a few of my mates, like Reese Greenwood and Tommy Robson. He gave like yeah. debuts out of them. So he was he was also good with good with the younger lads. Yeah. And obviously when you're at a club like Sunderland, as you've said, you know, there's a new manager every well, probably about nine months or so. How does yeah. that affect the entire club and like the morale of the players? Because you, you get used to the ways of one manager, you enjoy working with him, you learn how he wants to play. And then yeah. before you know it, there's someone new through the door with a completely different way of playing. And do you think that's contributed to where Sunderland find themselves now? Just the lack of stability and just not sticking with, with one manager? Uh, maybe, yeah. But I think at times, I think a new manager is what helps the club. And they've just been, like, obviously, they've got a good manager at the moment, Lee Johnson. But I think they've had to go through a lot to get at this point. Mm. And they're just trying to find the right man for the job. And I think, obviously, it is hard when the club was going on a bit of a decline. So I think it's hard, especially when you look at like the job of like what David Moyes did at Sunderland and then you look at him now when he's at West Ham and he's flying. Yeah. Um, I think it's just sometimes it's just hard. But obviously, when the new managers come in and it, it was felt like it was, obviously, it was pretty much every season a new manager would come in. Actually, they bring the raw all the new own staff and like yeah, it's just the vibe of the whole place is just completely changes because you don't really know what when they first come in you don't know what they're going to be like you don't know mm. how strict they are you don't know like it's a bit tense around the academy at first but I think you, any player if you should be able to be able to deal deal with it to be fair yeah obviously as you mentioned. There was a lot of young players come through the academy at the same time as you. Um, yeah. You know, Jordan Pickford, um, he only really started playing first-team football in the last few years of when we went to Premier League. You've got George, yeah. Lyndon, Josh, Joel, you know, all came through at the same time. Is that just an example of how promising our academy was at that stage? Yeah, it was. It was uh, really good, obviously, with 23s and stuff. Um, we were flying at one point, I remember. I, w- I must have been 18 and 17 and 18, just coming up to the 23s. And there was, they had a really good 23s. It was like Reese Greenwood, there was Lyndon, there was George. Um, I think Pickford was like round 23s, like first team. Um, but we were winning like everything, really. We were like winning all that, most of our games. We were right up there. I think we finished second one season by, by like a point or something to Man United. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a really strong team and um, 
we had a lot of players coming through at this point. And I think the fact that obviously, yeah, we were in the Premier League at the time, which probably made it a bit harder for the young lads to come through, as there's obviously a lot more pressure on staying in the league, so they're not gonna risk yeah. the younger players as much as maybe if it was like a team that's safe and or a team that's like doing really well. Um yeah. it's probably harder for us to come through. Um so obviously there was a lot of players who have been released now who yeah. obviously did make the debuts at Sunland. And um yeah, I think maybe things might have been different if the club was in like a different situation. And I think a lot of the players could be still could have still been there. Yeah. No, see, you've mentioned them before, but you look at the likes of Jordan, you look at the likes of Josh, both getting first team football in the Premier League. And um, obviously Jordan's yeah. number one for England now. You know, you were training with some of these lads every day. Was there any doubt that they would reach the height that they have now? Um, no, for me, no doubt for especially Josh. Um, I've always said it, like I've said it to my family, like since when I was training with them, like every day and stuff, like I knew Josh was going to make it to the top. Like, yeah. He was. He just had that bit of like he worked. He all the lads work hard, but Madge was just like fully focused. He would do a lot of shooting practice, and but he was also like, I think everyone's seen how technically he's probably one of the best players. Yeah, I've played with to be honest, and I've not seen many apart from obviously maybe Defoe. There's not many players with better finishing than Madge. Both feet is just ridiculous. Because he could, he could literally, he could literally turn anywhere and shoot, and it would, yeah, it would go in the bottom corner. Technically, he was ridiculous, like on a different level. He was, um, he, he was always destined to be Premier League, a Premier League player, in my opinion. Yeah. I've always, I've always said it for a long time, and obviously with Pickford, he's been through the ranks. Like at England, he's played every age group. He was, I think he was another player that was always going to be destined to be a Premier League player. Yeah. Um, well, you made your full debut in 2018. Yeah. Obviously, last game of the season against Wolves. A game that we won 3-0, and I believe we finished that season as what I think was the only side that Wolves didn't actually beat, um, which really? was something that not many would have expected. I think they managed to beat every other side in the league at least once, but I think we drew with them in the first game and obviously beat them in the last mm-hmm. one. But, you know, yeah. relegation had already been confirmed. Um, Coleman yeah. had been sacked. But at the same time, there'd been a change of ownership. There was optimism around the place. What was it like to make your full debut in them circumstances? Yeah, it was pretty mental, to be fair. Well, at first, I wasn't actually meant to be starting. I was just meant to be on the bench. Um, and then Kaz Luwalawa got injured in the warm-up. So, But even then, even though he got injured in the warm-up, I, didn't, I still didn't think I would have been starting because there was players like Madge. Madge was on the bench. There was um, Callum McManaman. So yeah. I thought, oh, he's just going to throw them straight in. But um, obviously, Robbie was the manager that day. And uh, yeah, he just I heard a shout while I was warming up. He just called me over and just went, you're going to be starting. So I literally mm-hmm. had about five minutes to get my head around it yeah. and uh, get ready and just go out there. And like my parents, obviously my parents and that were there, they didn't have a clue I was starting. They just knew I was on the bench. Mm-hmm. And and then they just seen me walk out with the team. And it was, it was an immense feeling to be fair, to just walk out there in front of like, must be like 30,000 people. Yeah. Um, To make my debut. And obviously 
day couldn't really have gone much better, beating obviously the champions the way we did. Um, and it was just, it was a really good feeling. Yeah. Obviously, as a whole, you know, the season didn't go as planned. No one's going to say it did. You know, it was a poor season from Sunderland's point of view. But in a way, when relegation was confirmed, was it kind of just a game where you could go out, express yourself, you know, have fun, like as you always get told when you were a kid, just and go out, enjoy yourself. And, you know, we end up winning the game pretty comfortably. I think it could have been 5 or 6 nil if I remember yeah. correctly. I think that's what you need to do, especially like when it's your debut, you need to just go out there and just show what you're about. Um, obviously, we had a few young lads on the bench as well who came on and made the debut. So I think it was the same for all of us. So I think by the end of the game, there was about three or four of us all who are used to playing together for 23s. So I think by the end of the game, we were a really young team. So um, it just felt normal at one point. I remember just being on the left and then having Denver behind me, which was just normal. Like we'd been playing throughout the whole season. Yeah. Um, but then there was also like young lads, like obviously Ashley Fletcher, who was um, a really good lad who who got on with all the lads, and um, uh, they help that players like that help you a lot. Like with John O'Shea as well, they help you a lot when it comes to down comes down to like making your debut and being around the first yeah. team. Like I said before. They talk to you the full time and they keep encouraging you. So players like that will help you a lot. Yeah, because obviously Barley came on in the second half as well, didn't he? And obviously, yeah, Barley did. Yeah, took the captain's armband and that. You know, it must. It was just a good day for the club in general, really, wasn't it? Obviously, you'd made your full debut. Barley had came on, took the captain's armband. I think he was. I think he was sixteen at the time when he did that. Yeah. No, it was just a. It was a good day for everyone, really, despite the circumstances. Yeah, it was a really good day. I think um, there wasn't really much anything complained about. Obviously, the club had been relegated, but as it, on the day, there's not really a lot you could say went wrong. Um, yeah, it was just a really good result, and to give the young lads a, like obviously there was about three or four of us a de- their debuts. It was obviously a massive club, massive for the club, and hopefully it was a good step forward. Um, obviously, a lot of change now players are in and out but um, obviously it's a thing that I'll never forget yeah um, well obviously Stuart Donald came in as chairman um, a week before the game and obviously now he has no involvement with the club in terms of the decisions that he made and yeah I think to say 99% of some fans are happy about that would probably be an understatement but <laughs> many decisions he made didn't really benefit the club and um, you know players who were here at the time would describe him and, and Methven as, as a chancer, someone who didn't really know anything about football. Yeah. At the time when he took over um, and the takeover was confirmed, you know, was there any kind of worries in the back of the players' mind that, you know, things might not go to plan? Um, I'm not too sure. To be honest, I, uh, I didn't really know much about him at the time, so I wasn't too sure what he was all about. Um, you didn't see him too much around the place. Um, but also I was on loan that first season. I'd, I think I yeah. I played the first three or four games and then yeah. um, I tried to go out on loan to get regular football. But then as soon it felt like as soon as I had gone out on loan, he Stuart Donald had already made the decision on what players he was going to keep and mm-hmm. who he was obviously going to get not offering new deals to, like for the younger players. Um, which I 
later realised on the um, documentary <laughs> when they had, a, I remember them having a meeting about the, who they were going to uh, offer new contracts and stuff with Stuart Donald and that. And um, this was like at the start of the season, and that's when I noticed. <laughs> um, definitely wasn't wasn't on his radar. Um, yeah. So you found out from Netflix before you found out from the club. No, I found like I'd found out um, through Netflix about um, Stuart Donald having that meeting um, mm-hmm. at the start of the season about who was going to. Because I seen in the on the documentary. They were um, talking about like giving Max a new deal and yeah. giving Embo a new deal, and this was right at the start of the season. I don't think he'd been in very long, and not much mm. had really happened in the season. Um, and my name wasn't involved at all, even though I had been playing a few games. Um, so I feel like then I didn't even have much of a a chance to even like whether I went out on loan or not. They seemed to have all, already made their decision on what was going to happen with the younger lads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously, one of the things that a lot of Sunderland fans um, I, I say here, Sir Donald Ford, um, was obviously the contract situations at the club. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to League One, John McLaughlin, who, you know, if he was still here now, would easily be the best keeper in the league. Obviously, going back yeah. to Josh Madger, which I think Charlie Methven uh, did some sort of interview and he, you know, he turned around and said, actually, we we were kind of to blame for that when you know yeah. he, he was trying to switch it around to to light of the fans really. But what was it like dealing with the ownership in terms of you know wanting a new deal, wanting to go out on loan? Was it as straightforward as you know you'd like uh, it to be, or was it a bit difficult? For me, uh, within going out on loan, it was quite simple. It was um, it was mainly I don't think it was really mainly the owners who. Uh, did that and got involved in that. I got. I remember just one day finishing training and I, I got a, uh, a call off Kevin Ball and um, just asked to meet up and because we used to meet up regularly, me and uh, Kevin Ball, we used to meet up mm-hmm. like every week and just have a chat. And he just rang me saying, um, basically just saying you need to be going out and playing men's football. He was like, obviously I was coming, sat on the bench like coming on now and then for the first team. But he he was said that at my age I needed to be playing regular week in week out playing every game. So he said that um, Gates had came in for me to go out on loan. So it was mainly Bawley who mentioned everything and got everything sorted. So that was done within like a couple of days. I w- I think it was the, mm-hmm. literally the last day of the the transfer window, which just sent me straight out of Gateshead, and then I remember coming back. After a good half a season at Gateshead, I had a pretty good half season, played quite a lot, scored a few, and then came back hoping to get back involved with the first team. And there was that game, the first game was um, the Newcastle game mm-hmm. when the first team played the 23s. Um, and I think, I, I can't remember what the score was now, but I think we battered them like, um, yeah. it was like five and the last one. So that was like my first game back, and I played a bit of that. And then I think I thought, oh well, I might get another chance to be back involved. And I remember Bawley ringing me again, um, with a few days left in the transfer window again, saying, "Oh, Hartlepool want you, come on loan." And I thought at the time, what would be like the best option? I thought, all right, I'll go back out on loan, get some more games under my belt. 
I thought that was the most important thing at the time. Yeah. And then hopefully by perform well on my loan, hopefully come back to Sunderland and get offered a new deal. But um, I did have a very good season on loan at Hartlepool. And then when I came back to Sunderland, I'd spoke with Jack Ross and everything. And um, everything was fine on his end. Like I got on well with Jack Ross and um, James Fowler. Mm-hmm. Got on really well with them. We used to talk a lot. We like me and Fowler still talk quite a bit now. Um, uh, but I remember going in for a meeting with Jack Ross, and he basically said he had no control over it, who was getting a new deal, or it was literally nothing to do with him. Because mm. um, I, I remember asking him, I was like asking what the crack is, whether um, I'm going to be staying or or what, and he was just said it's down to, basically down to the ownership and um, he has nothing to do with any of that. So I found out, I think the season had just finished. It wasn't long after the Wembley game because I went to Wembley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a letter in the post just off Sunderland just to say um, they're not renewing my contract and that was the end of it, really. Yeah. Obviously, you look at some of the young players now, like in the Premier League, in the Championship, and even some of the ones at Sunderland now. Obviously, you've got like like Dan Neal, Jack Diamond, who are involved in the squad, but not really getting first-team football. Um, You went out on loan when you were quite young, played a lot of football then. How important do you think it is for players around your age, you know, to get first-team football, even if it is at a lower club, you know, just to get the experience of playing men's football as opposed to, you know, playing against an under-18, under-23 side? I think I think it's massive. I think it's one of the biggest things. I regret when I was younger. I wish I went out sooner. I wish I mm. went out on sooner and got more games. I know at the time when I was a bit younger, and it was hard harder back then when they were in the prem to go out on loan because the managers were changing a lot yeah. and uh, they wouldn't really let you go out on loan as much. It was because you were stuck in the middle between twenty threes and first team. You were pretty much stuck there, so it was hard to. If they needed you, they needed you, and if they didn't, they didn't. They couldn't really. You couldn't really get out on loan. But um, yeah, I think it's massive for young players, especially at my age or just a bit younger, um, to be playing men's football. I think twenty threes helps to an extent, but I think playing men's football at a young age is what you need to be doing because it gets you ready for when you get out of that 23 stage and yeah. you don't get as big as a sh- as big as a shock as you would um, if you hadn't played at all. So obviously mm. there's a lot there's a lot of lads that I know who are, who haven't played as many games in the 23s. Um, I mean, haven't played as many first team games like men's football, which I think they will regret in the long run. Mm. As I feel like the more games you get under the, your belt, the better, basically. Yeah. And um, you're not getting any younger, really, are you? So you need to get, you need to get them in. Yeah. Um, well, as I say, you know, we are in League One now. Um, you know, it's our third season in League One, albeit last season was cut short. We sit fourth in the table. Do you ever get the chance to sit down and watch any of the games so far this season? Um, I've watched a few, yeah. Whenever someone are on the telly, I like to put it on. Obviously, it's a bit hard when I'm playing at the same time because obviously yeah. Saturday, Tuesday games are usually all playing at the same time but um, I watched the game against Hull when they were on the TV mm-hmm. I watched that game but usually even like 
after our games, I'm straight on my phone looking at what the results are. How Sunderland yeah. have done, hoping they're doing well, and um, well, obviously at the moment they've been flying, haven't they? So yeah. they're, they're doing really well. Um, obviously Charlie's been been flying, getting all the goals in. Um, he's always been capable of that. You've seen his records at previous clubs. Obviously, he's just. I think he was a bit unlucky last year. Didn't get as many of. Well, he didn't get many as he'd like to, but. Obviously, this year he's been shown as like true quality, and um, hopefully he keeps flying. Yeah. Now, just quickly touching on Charlie there. Obviously, he was here, I believe, in our first season, League One. Um, yeah. You know, he come under a lot of criticism from fans because he wasn't scoring goals. Um, and I think I tweeted something earlier in the season. I'm not sure who it was against, but the game that he scored four goals. Yeah. He scored more goals in half an hour in that game than he did in the last two seasons. Um. <laughs> But when you go back to his first season, obviously you weren't here, you weren't around for too long then. But you were training with him, you know, you'd seen yeah. some of the games, you'd played in some of the games with him. How much of a boost do you think confidence actually is in football? You know, if you get a few goals, you know, yeah, you know, Conf- confidence is massive. Yeah, confidence is one of the biggest parts of football. I think um, now that he's got all this confidence, you can see, you can see when he's playing, everything he touches is pretty much going in. Yeah, but, um, but it's massive because. He's probably doing things that now that he probably wouldn't have done when his confidence was low. I think especially for like a player in my position, like a winger, so like McGeady or whatever, to have that confidence is huge. I think to be able to take a man on and to do the skills he does and the quality he possesses, you need to be confident to do that. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got a lot of uh, technical players in the team of McGeady. Jack Diamond, John Jones, I think their confidence in the team will boost everyone around them as well. Mm. Um, and obviously, especially when you get the results that Sunderland have been getting, the, I think the only way is up at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, I will move into the final part, which I did mention the, the other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> short quiz. Here we go. I'll give you four questions about you um, on someone your time at the club and then two general knowledge questions. Right. And we will be doing this every time we do get someone on. So right. you know, we'll see. We'll see who is smart, worst, I suppose. Well, <laughs> well, I'll go over your first question. And your first right. question is, obviously you made your full debut against Wolves. Yeah. Who scored the goals for Sunderland on that day? Oh. Fletcher. Yeah. Um, Ijaria. Yeah. I think Fletcher got two, didn't he? Ijaria got one. Oh, Paddy. Paddy. Did... No. Oh, no. I think Fletch got two and Jari got one. Or oh, was either Fletch, Jari, and Paddy. Am I wrong? Which one are you oh, going you're with? Gonna ta- you're gonna... Is one of them right there? One, one of them right. right. I think Fletch got two. And a giant an answer. Yeah. Paddy McNair got one. Oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Um, so, see you more so far. <laughs> um, in that game, you wore the number 52 shirt. Yeah. Only, other, only one other player has worn this shirt for Sutherland. Who is it? Oh. 52. Who else would have worn 52? Who's made their debut, yeah. Just number 52. Could be a senior player. 52. 
I don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. A Danish um, striker. No. I'm, you're going to say it and I know it's Bentner or something. Yeah, Nick was Bentner. Was it? I don't know. Why is he 52? I don't know. He's been 52 <laughs> at a few clubs he's playing at. Has he? Yeah, he was 52. Would never, would never have guessed that. Only never ever played wherever as well. Um, this could be an easier one, depending on where you have the shirt. But right. who was our shirt sponsor during the championship season? Oh, I've got the shirt right here, but it's only the back of the, the shirt. Back of it. Yeah, we have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it right here, but you, uh, that utility, oh, that won't be it, will it? Just the front sponsor, the main sponsor. Oh, no. Wait, I'm actually going to try and see if I've got one. <laughs> I'm actually it. Oh, no, it won't be them, will it? It won't be better. Um, I'm just going to have to go bet duck, but I don't think that's right. Daffy Bear. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Don't matter. You've said it now. <laughs> I was just bet? literally, I've got a drawer full of, like, all my old shirts. <laughs> yeah. I, I kept bet. pulling out the league, I kept pulling out the league ones and obviously my championship ones. I think, I think bet duck was, might have been league one, league one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Right, so the last question about you and your career is you made your Hartlepool debut in January of 2019. Who was that. the opponent and what was the score? Oh, can't believe I don't even know these questions. <laughs> my memory is horrendous. Who was my first game? Oh, Harrogate. And what was the score, did you say? Yeah. Uh, was it 4 2? Is that what you're going with? I'm going to go with 4 2, yeah. It was 3 2. Three, oh my god. I remember we scored 2. But I, can't remember if we, I knew we got beat as well. Yeah, it was 3 2. 3 2 or 4 2. I remember the goals as well. You're going to have to get these general knowledge ones right. I must be miles behind, yeah. <laughs> I'll. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm, I'll give you half a point for the Bentner one because you said it before I said his name. So I get one point overall. <laughs> half a point for Harrogate. Yeah, we'll do that. You have one point. <laughs> and these are the two general knowledge questions. And I've already told you one of these is about a movie. One of them's right. about flags. Flags. Oh, yeah. And the flag one is what colour is found on 75% of world flags? What colour? This colour is on 75% of flags. Mm. I'm going to go with white. Is that your final answer? Yeah. What would your second answer have been? It's red. I was, yeah, would be, wouldn't it? It would be red or white. Yeah. I thought well, actually, red. white must be up there then. Truly, white is up there. I presume so. Um, I'm trying to think what flags have red that don't have white, to be fair. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> France have red and white, England. That's what I was thinking, France, Denmark. England. That's what I was thinking, literally all that nation. I'm trying to think what actually doesn't have white in that has red. Serbia, mm-hmm. Russia. 
I don't know. I'm gonna have to find mm-hmm. it after. Anyway, this is the last one. This is about a movie. So you've oh. got two half points so far. You've got one point. <laughs> oh, the last one is fear can hold you prisoner, hope can set you free. Is a tagline from which famous movie? Fear can hold you prisoner. What is it? Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Mm. I feel like I'll, I'll have watched the film as well. Quite possibly. I'm going to go for... I think I'm miles off it here. Um, Shutter Island. But I reckon I'm miles off it. It starts with an SH. Well, it actually starts with the, but it's an SH. It's three words. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Is it? Oh, too it far. Is. I wasn't even that far off. You weren't. You weren't too far. That's a tough one. I actually haven't even seen the film, to be honest. I've heard of it. I haven't, I haven't watched it. No, I actually haven't even seen the film. I've heard of it a few times, but I've never seen it. But you've got one. I've had a nightmare. I, I said before, I said I wasn't going to do <laughs> One out of six, well. sorry. Right, I'll take it. <laughs> half, half a point for Ben there, half a point for Harrogate. Oh, I said I wasn't going to do very well in any quiz. Well, you have got the highest score so far. Because <laughs> I'm the only person. So far, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, at least I'm top of the leaderboard. You are. You're also bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see who else we get on. We'll see how they how they compare with the yeah. similar type of questions. But that is all we have time for today. I appreciate you coming on, Luke. No problem. Um, we will have a match reaction, match preview, I should say, up later on today when you're listening to this. Um, and, of course, reaction at Saturday's game against Rochdale on Sunday. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.